Welcome to the Auburn UMC Clergy Conversations podcast. Each week, our pastors take an in-depth look at Scripture and preview their message for Sunday morning services. We're glad you joined us. For more information about Auburn UMC, please visit our website at aumc.net. Welcome to our conversation. We're so glad you're joining us, whether you're online or in the car. We're glad you're here. Uh, I'm Kelly. I'm Charles. Corey is not with us this week, so mm-hmm. you're stuck with us, uh, but we're glad you're here. This mm-hmm. week, we are in Luke's gospel, I think still. We've mm-hmm. been in a while. Right. Uh, we're in Luke chapter 4, starting in verse 14, moving through 21. Charles, mm-hmm. would you like to read the passage for us? Sure. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. Jesus went to Nazareth, where he had been raised. On the Sabbath, he went to the synagogue, as he normally did, and stood up to read. The synagogue assistant gave him the scroll from the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to preach good news to the poor to proclaim release to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind and liberate the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the synagogue assistant and sat down. Every eye in the synagogue was fixed on him. He began to explain to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled just as you heard it. So one of the things that I think is really interesting about this story, and it's true of all the Gospels, Mm -hmm. not just Luke, is that anytime you see like a time marker or a geographic marker, you can tell that the writer of the story, which today in in this case is Luke, is trying to tell us something. And so Mm -hmm. today we're getting this really uh, subtle, I guess, verbal cue from Luke that, hey, we're starting something new. Jesus has now returned from his, um, I guess for lack of a better term, dance with the devil in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. And now he's back in the Galilee. And this is really the start of Jesus's adult ministry. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, and I, um, I like that. Yeah, he's kind of been, according to the scripture, kind of been on a tour of synagogues, going uh-huh. around, uh, reading, and kind of teaching, and and the way they would do that uh, was to kind of have a prayer, have a reading, and then um, and, and actually several different readings from different people. Uh, there were no professional clergy, uh, and then one would just sit down and begin talking, discussing, uh-huh. not totally unlike what we're doing. Um, but yes, but Jesus went on this, this tour and then he landed in his hometown, the place where he was raised. And I can always relate to this because, um, I have been to, to my home church, um, the first man Fort Walton Beach for weddings or, and for funerals. Um, and it's just always odd to look out and see, uh, people who may have changed your diapers in the nursery. Or uh, teachers, coaches, Sunday school teachers, all these people who had this great influence upon, upon my wife to look yeah. out and, um, and realize they're listening to me now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the second part of this is um, it said that he returned in the, the power of the Spirit. And 
I like what N.T. Wright says. It's almost like um, he's saying that he, he played inspired. Sometimes athletes will say they played inspired or musicians that, mm-hmm. uh, that they performed in inspired. And it almost makes it sound like it was just kind of a spur of the moment when we know in both those cases, there's a lots of preparation that goes into this. Mm-hmm. And so uh, while, as you said, this is something new, something uh, that's just beginning, uh, we know that that a great deal of preparation went into this moment for Jesus as he kind of begins his ministry, for for lack of a better term. Uh, you and I have very different experiences going home. <laughs> I think um, my experience of going home is mm-hmm. more of from the people that I grew up with and the people that helped for me. Their reaction is less um, listen to her, but more she's doing what now? That girl ended up as the preacher. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just diff- different experiences. Well, yeah. mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, I hate to, to be one that gives away the spoiler alert, but maybe I think in this passage there's a little bit of both going on because yeah. in the next few verses everyone in the synagogue gets real mad at Jesus mm-hmm. and they try to chase him out of town. But um, I guess that's a story for another week. But one of the things that I also think about a lot in this gospel is the passage of scripture that they hand Jesus to read. And of Mm -hmm. course it comes from the prophet Isaiah, the prophet who had so much to say about the coming of the kingdom of God, so much to say about the coming of the Messiah. So Mm -hmm. Jesus stands up at essentially his home church and says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has appointed me to bring good news to the poor Proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to let the Mm. oppressed go free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled the scroll back up and gave it to the attendant and sat down. And I think it's so fitting that this would be the first thing that Jesus stands up and reads in public because that's, I mean, to put it simply, the thesis statement kind of of his life. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not like he stood up and and read the creation story or stood up and read from, you know, Numbers or Deuteronomy. He stood Mm -hmm. up and read from the prophet Isaiah and told not only his hometown, but the world and millions of people Mm -hmm. thousands of years later exactly what he was here to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And... um, of course, this comes from Isaiah 61, but it really describes an event in um, Leviticus 25, and it was just kind of this year of jubilee that, that God commanded um, the Israelites to kind of have and, and follow um, once every 50 years, and so much of what's described here that all the prisoners would be set free, mm-hmm. uh, all debt would be canceled, mm-hmm. and um, that land will return to its original owner. It was kind of pushing reset, mm-hmm. uh, kind of rebooting things. Um, now, no, you know, governmental legislative body would actually go through with that, and I don't think there's any proof that the Israelites actually did. Uh, but it's describing that. It's almost describing uh, this this point in time, as you said, a new beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, uh, you know, where things are being restarted and, and rebooted um, and things are just looked at so so differently yeah. um, as well. And really it's a description of, um, if you dig into it in the um, some translations in Septuagint, that 
um, that's really this release. It's really this opening up of so many things, opening up of eyes, uh, yeah. opening up of doors for prisoner, mm -hmm. opening up of, of lives. Yeah. And that's a beautiful way to think of the beginning of Jesus' ministry. This is unrelated, so I'm sorry for taking us down this path. But one of my favorite Jubilee fun facts is that in the Jubilee year, even the land gets a rest. Farming practices change and land mm -hmm. ownership changes. And I think that there's something so lovely about that, that the order of the world, not just with the seven-day cycle of Sabbath, um, but with the 50-year cycle mm -hmm. of Jubilee, that everyone and everything will eventually be made right. Mm -hmm. And everything will eventually get to rest and be made whole. Um, mm -hmm. And I guess maybe it is kind of connected because I think that's, also what Jesus is saying that I am here to bring good news to the poor and let, and let the prisoner go free and restore sight to those who cannot see mm -hmm. um, that I am here to bring rest and restoration and wholeness and freedom to all who feel like it is so far away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like the Jubilee is every year. Yeah. Um, which I think is really lovely. One of the other things that I think about, as I read this passage, is how urgent it is. Mm -hmm. Jesus says, today this has been fulfilled uh, in your hearing, and that's something you would expect from Mark. Mark uses today or right now a lot. But in Luke's gospel, Jesus proclaims, today the reign of God is here. Today the good news is here. Um, not tomorrow. You don't have to long for it. It's not 50 years away. But if you dare to believe it, the reign of God is right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that especially as we drudge through another wave of this pandemic, that feels like really good news to me, that it's not far off. The reign of God is already here. Right. Well, and going back to this idea of this, this opening up and, and just really um, seeing things for the first time or seeing things differently, seeing people differently, mm -hmm. situations differently. Um, I, I thought about that, that, uh, that earlier this week, I went to a funeral camp out at UNESCO, uh, we have our Maus walks and um, and realized as I was driving there it's the first time in a long time I've driven there during the day and it was amazing all the different things that just notice and see when you've not done that yeah. uh, in, including a, a deer on my way into the camp that just kind of stood by the side of the road I almost could have reached out and touched it and just kind of looked at me moved a little bit but not, not much um, but I think that may be, I know for some people that's a, a prayer each day that God opened my, my eyes that I see what you're doing. I see who you are and, you know, allow me to join in. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and sometimes that prayer can make such difference as we go through our day, sometimes with our head down and just focused on ourselves rather than yeah. looking out and, uh, and just remembering God's love for us, God's love for others and, and our call to love others yeah. as well. I love that. I think that this, for so many of us, we revisit some of those foundational memories or foundational places. Mm -hmm. There's so much meaning in them. Like how many Emmaus walks do you think you've been on in your life? Um, or at least been to? Been uh, probably 30 or so. I don't know. So it's just, I, I love that, that a memory holds a place or a, a place holds a memory. And I think in a lot of ways, I so wonder what it would have been like to have been in this synagogue with Jesus in mm -hmm. this circumstance, because this is like we talked about a couple minutes ago, um, 
this is one of those things. Jesus is back home. We know that uh, for as different as early synagogues were from churches, in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways, they're pretty similar. It's a group of um, usually men getting together to talk and pray and discuss scripture, and they knew each other, and they might have been the ones uh, changing Jesus's diapers, and yet here he is at this place that holds such a memory saying, today, Mm -hmm. um, we are all present in... um, in in God's spirit. Right. And I, and I love the commentary, too, that talks about, you know, that they may have been saying, isn't that Mary's son there? Yeah. He, <laughs> he made my coffee table for me. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, in his carpentry shop and just kind of that that perspective. Uh, and um, and Will, Will among, um, you know, Will kind of sums this up so well, I think, in saying um, they didn't know who he was because they knew him. Yeah. They didn't know him because they knew him. Uh, meaning, and this is, I think, also a challenge for us, is that they knew Jesus so well they couldn't see um, what God was was doing. And sometimes we think we know Jesus so well uh, that we think Jesus has our political opinions or our opinions on social issues or our opinions on uh, a number of different things, our opinions on what we should do or what others should do. And sometimes we miss knowing Jesus because we feel like we know him so well. Yeah. Uh, and then as it says in our scripture, when our eyes are really open, when doors are really open, when we truly experience God's presence, we're surprised sometimes. Oh, yeah. And um, and we realize maybe we didn't know Jesus as well as we thought. I think that's, you just summed up ex- entirely and exactly what it means to follow Jesus, to continue to stay open to being surprised by who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Well, I I don't have anything better to say. You, uh, as usual, came in with the uh, the best point of the day that I'm going to be thinking about for the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we close this day, I would love to pray for us. Absolutely. Holy God, we're thankful for the gift of a new day. We're thankful for the holy surprises that reach out of Scripture, that reach out of familiar places that reach out of conversation and grab us and surprise us. So we ask that you would continue to surprise us with who you are and who we are in you and where you are calling us to go and to be and to learn this day. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Clergy Conversations with Auburn United Methodist Church. Check back next week for our next episode. For more information about Auburn United Methodist Church, please visit our website at aumc.net.